whatever you can do to fight that feeling um, because it's a lie there's you're not lesser based on what's happened to you that's that's just flat out a lie um, so, so don't believe that hello and welcome to healing trauma mamas i'm your host madon wingo Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Hello, Healing Trauma Mamas listeners. Welcome to the podcast again. Today is actually a celebratory day for the podcast. We're actually celebrating one year of being out, and it has been quite the year. Um, A lot has happened in the last 12 months, and I wanted to kind of just go over a few of the things that um, kind of has happened. We have had 21 podcast episodes, which has been amazing. The Facebook group has now been going for almost two years. Um, We are growing and growing in members and followers and listeners. Um, We also have an Instagram group now as well. And um, there's just been a lot of growth. And I, in some ways, I find that amazing um, that we're getting the word out there and we've been able to just encourage and help strengthen each other through our own stories. And in other ways, it actually um, saddens my heart a little bit to know that there are so many out there looking um, for other mamas who've experienced some type of traumas and they're looking um, for ways to heal and a group of women that can heal alongside them. And I'm thankful that we're able to provide that through the Facebook group. And then through this podcast, it has been amazing all the different stories and testimonies that we've been able to share on the podcast, specifically my own. There's been a lot that's happened um, with me personally in this past year, and I know I've I've been very um, vulnerable and very open just with all of you listeners out there just about, you know, kind of what's going on in, in my life and my history from where I was raised in a cult to um, different uh, birth traumas that I experienced to healing. And it has been quite the ride and quite um, just the amazing blessed life that I get to live. And I'm very thankful. I'm thankful that I've just been on this journey um, of healing and getting to share what I'm learning as this is being played out in my own life and getting to share that with others and just that we learn from each other, and I'm very thankful for that. And we've had so many different types of people on the podcast. We've had, you know, lots of lots of young mothers um, through their sharing their birth traumas and and the ways they've healed through that. And then we've had um, seasoned moms who have got to share their stories and what they've gone through. And and we've had all kinds of different traumas. We've had providers on the podcast this year who have shared um, their experiences and and their strengths that they have learned and how to help moms through healing, whether it be um, like Christy from the Perinatal Trauma Center or whether Haley Frazier, who um, has the grounded roots in Abilene uh, and midwives that we've been able to have on the podcast and doulas and 
all kinds of different providers. And I just am so excited for what the future offers for Healing Trauma Mamas. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. I've been thankful for the last year and what we've done here. And I do know that I am going to take a break um, through the rest of April. This will be the only podcast for April. Um, just to kind of take some time I've been doing them. Um, just needing a little bit of a rest from the podcast. It's been going so nice and strong, and I've been thankful for all all you listeners out there and what you've brought to the table as well. But this is um, a podcast that I do by myself most of the time, and I don't make any money off of this podcast. In fact, I've spent a lot on it, but it's just because I've very passionate about the subject matter and helping mamas heal through trauma and using other people's experiences for that. So I'm just going to take a little bit of a hiatus through April and then we'll we'll see what we come back with um, in May. Um, I don't know what we have in store, but I know it will be it it will be wonderful and I look forward to that for you guys. So I actually do have a, a surprise guest today on the podcast. Something I've been thinking about for a while has been perspective, and it's something my husband and I have talked a lot about lately, and um, you guys have heard me talk about my husband many times on the podcast, and and what a blessing he has been in my life, and how much he has helped me throughout this, this journey, and we've been married coming up 20 years soon, and... I thought it might be nice to actually have him come on the podcast. So with that, um, I have the guest. My husband is here on the podcast. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hello. I'm Madonna's husband. My name's Josh. Thanks for joining me here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I've never got to um, have him on the podcast with me, and I usually don't get to do in-person interviews. Only once have we been able to do that with the podcast, so it's it's pretty neat to get to bring him on. So I thought today um, we would get to kind of delve into a partner's perspective. Um, Looking at this perspective, we've talked a lot about it lately and just how our experiences um, affect us so much and affect how we respond um, to new things that come about because our perspective looks different due to those experiences. And I know as a a mama, my perspective is completely different than yours as a dad and a husband. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I kind of like, I don't know if you'd like to give any of your background. I know the listeners have heard a lot of um, our background together, um, but you come from a very different background than I did. Would you like to share a little bit of that? Sure. I was born in Arkansas back in the late 70s. Uh, Parents moved around a lot. My dad was in the Marines when he was younger, and like most Marines, he had a drinking problem, um, which led to marriage problems, the way those things typically do. So we bounced around a lot. Both parents had difficulty keeping jobs, so finances were almost always an issue. Um, I have an older brother and an older sister, which means I'm the baby of the family, and of course, everybody's favorite. Um, But growing up, 
poor and with parents that didn't normally get along very well. My siblings and I were, were pretty close and we were pretty self-reliant. Uh, moving around like we did, we didn't have many friends outside the family. So as siblings, we were pretty tight. Hmm. So in our marriage, so because we're, we're pretty transparent here on the podcast, everybody's already heard a lot of our, our history, our story. Um, obviously from my side of my perspective and, and not from yours, but I'd like to go back a little bit to getting married in the first place and kind of how that came about and where I was at then. And, and I know that I didn't share a lot with you about what I had been through. And, and you know, at that time I had a lot of repressed memories and I obviously had issues though and was coming out of a cult But when you're in a cult, you don't know you're in a cult and you're taught to be very secretive and only say what needs to be said or skirt around the actual issue. And I know that that caused issues for us in the beginning. And I'm curious of your um, perspective on that side when when we first got married and you didn't have necessarily a whole lot of information. I honestly don't think that the start of our marriage was a whole lot different than the start of any other marriage. Um, You being from a cult might have changed things just a little bit, but a lot of the dating process, unfortunately, is kind of hiding truths here and there. And so I think like most marriages, we still had a, a little getting to know you period for the first year or two. So, um, knowing what you know now about, obviously, there was a lot of hidden um, trauma and experiences that I had at the time um, from repressed memories and stuff. And then we have a lot of information now about what we didn't know at the time. But how do you think you handled or you saw those traumas, those experiences coming out in me? What are some things like that alerted you to that there was some some things going on that maybe I didn't even recognize? Um, Looking back, one of the clues, one of the first things I saw that made me think, hey, there might be something here, uh, was your response to certain movies and certain actors. Um, In particular, um, the the actor had... had, uh, played in one of the versions of Titanic and there was a rape scene and you would watch that scene prior to our relationship and that had scarred you um, from that actor. You couldn't watch that actor in anything again because of that particular scene. Um, And that just stood out to me as being kind of unusual. So it made me think there might be something there. You know, what's interesting is we've talked so many times on the podcast about how trauma and how the body, you know, stores things and keeps, keeps that in. And we've walked, we've talked about how we have sometimes physical responses and emotional responses that we didn't expect. And I think it's really interesting that, um, I, you mentioning that right now, 
um, just talking about that particular actor and that scene brought emotion to me immediately. Just you, just you talking about it. Um, I think that's really interesting because obviously I still have some, you know, stuff from that, even though we've worked through so much, um, through, I mean, through this past year, we've worked through so much and I'm in such a different place than I ever was before. Um, but in the last several years, we've worked through so much, but it's amazing how little things can be brought up and you can still find yourself having such a response. And I didn't know that at the time at all. I didn't, I didn't have any clue why I was having that type of response, um, to that particular actor or those scenes. I couldn't have told you at all, um, at the time. Obviously I know now, and it does help that even though when you mentioned it, I started to feel myself have a trauma response. I was able to recognize it right away what it was and just be like, okay, yeah, you're done with that. It's okay. Let it go. But, but our body still remembers and still keeps track of those things. And knowledge is power for us so that we, we know where they're coming from. And at the time, I think probably it bothered me more that I didn't know where that was coming from. Were there any other things that stand out to you if you were wanting to talk to other partners out there or or to you know other mamas who've had issues and and are trying to convey what they're going through or trying to help their partner understand where they're at well i'll just communicate problems like I did not know for the first several years of our marriage that after we had sex that you would wait till I fell asleep and then you would cry. Um, if I would have known that, then I would have, uh, you know, naturally thought that there was an issue there that we needed to, to have addressed. Um, so, yeah, I would just encourage uh, both sides of that equation, the whether it's you or your spouse that has an issue. If you're the one with the issue, you need to communicate it. And if you're the one whose spouse has the issue, you need to pay attention and, and, and listen closely and, and work through it together. Yeah, I think that can be very difficult because um, obviously we're talking about a spouse and you should be able to trust that person. You know, they are your spouse. But I think a lot of times people that have had trauma have a lot of trust issues. And so it's so vulnerable and difficult to be able to just communicate those issues at times. It felt, I remember like thinking about it now, like it, it felt easier for me to deal with it on my own off to the side than to have to try to figure out how to explain to you the things that I wasn't understanding that was going on with me. I know we've worked through a lot, and I and the past year, I know we've shared, um, or I've shared a lot about what's gone on, revelations that we've had about, um, you know, experiences coming up and trying to do EMDR and that bringing up um, memories that I didn't have before and they were coming back and we didn't we didn't want to do that and it's been quite the process in the last couple of years just for one 
getting all these different memories back and going through therapy and then going to see different doctors. And I'd love to hear like kind of how that was for you. And maybe even let's go back to, um, was it about, I want to say 12 years ago now when I had those first repressed memories come back. Um, how was that for you as a partner during that time? Well, let me think back. Let's see, 12 years. That is a while. Um, I, I remember being concerned, um, not knowing whether it was a legit memory of something that actually happened or if it was something else. And I was unsure exactly how to respond. I knew that if it was something real, that I needed to make sure that you didn't feel like I saw you as any less of a person or had any less value because of something that had happened to you that was out of your control. Um, I also didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't playing into anything encouraging in, in case it was um like a like a false memory kind of thing i didn't want to kind of reassure that either i wanted to let i tried to make it so that i had the appearance of um not knowing what happened acknowledging i didn't know what happened but that even if it did it didn't change the value of you in my eyes. Yeah, I feel like you did a really good job of that as well. And then how, well, I think that's a, such a valid thing to bring up too. Like it, that must be very difficult on a spouse to suddenly hear these things that were not things that we were aware of before. And where is this coming from? What's, you know, what's the cause of this? Is it repressed memories or is there an issue we could also talk about, you know, I had had a surgery, um, not too long before that. And, you know, could the drugs I had been on from the surgery and stuff been messing with me? Could there have been, you know, lots of different things that could have been happening. But I think you had some clues from before that there was an issue as well, that it was very likely repressed memories because I had some odd... Um, I don't even, I didn't even know if to, I could call them memories at the time, but I just had some odd kind of little things that I thought were memories, but wasn't for sure. And then that kind of connected them. But then we went and got some confirmation um, that that was a real event and they were real memories. Um, do you remember how you felt after that? I remember being upset at your parents, um, your, your uh, biological parents um, at that point, because the situation, excuse me, situation surrounding that was um, something that any parent should, in my opinion, know better than to leave their child that vulnerable. Um, 
I, I don't know if that was a naivety your, your parents had, um, thinking that everybody is a good person or that type of thing. But yeah, I remember being upset and, um, with how they handled things after the fact, I, I can't think of any kind of rational reason why parents would respond that way. So moving on from that, I know that was something like, um, I remember I had to cry for, I don't know, it was about two weeks. I couldn't really do a whole lot, but cry. And, um, you just respected that. Like, I, I don't remember you saying anything negative about that. Um, I don't know how that was for you at that, at that time, but I remember this thinking like, this is what I have to do at the moment. I got to get out of this. I can't stay in this, but that's, that's all I felt I could do at the moment. Yeah. Um, I do remember feeling a little bit helpless, feeling like, all I could do would be, you know, just love on you a little bit um, as you were receptive to and make sure that I'm not putting any pressure on you to kind of rush that process. Um, I understand that there's different kind of, kinds of injuries and just like I wouldn't rush somebody back from a broken leg or something like that. Um, emotional things need need time as well and don't need to be rushed um, I'm pretty ignorant on that stuff but even I know that <laughs> <laughs> well I, I appreciate the care I felt like you gave me then and the and the space in order to be able to to just kind of deal with that and to try to work through those feelings um, although it was difficult at the time you know I think I now that I look back on it, I think I was just really grieving um, that little girl at the moment. I think that's what was going on um, and why I just couldn't I couldn't stop crying for about two weeks. And then, then we were able to pause it and kind of move on for a while until, as we know, things came back after, um, after quite some time. And then I often wonder... Um, so going, leaving kind of that aspect and the, the family trauma and the sexual trauma and all of that that happened, um, and then moving to birth trauma, uh, I know as a spouse, and we shared a little bit, we had a bit of a tra bit of trauma with our first in the hospital, and I know as a doula, when you're the support person, that you can feel very helpless and out of control. I'm curious on, on your side, like say with, with our eldest daughter's birth, I know I was so frustrated um, at that birth because I felt like so many things that I wanted were all just thrown out and everything was out of my control. And I think I even shared this on the podcast that I felt like the nurses kind of turned you against me because they started telling you to not let me do certain things like yeah, close my eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah, that was the big one. And I, um, I know that as, as a support person, like sometimes that can be extremely difficult because you're trying to uh, give support to your loved one, but you have these professionals telling you 
something different than what they're wanting and pushing that on you. I'm curious how you felt about that at that time. Um, at the time, I was pretty ignorant about things. Um, I didn't like how the birth was going. Uh, I was just trying to focus on you and do whatever I could to ease your burden. Um, and looking back on it, in a lot of ways, I, I failed, but there's no redos. Um, so afterwards, uh, talking about the birth and the recovery from the birth, um, it, it was a good one to lead us to having the rest at the house with a midwife. <laughs> That's true. It sure definitely changed our our path. Well, I mean, we had talked about home birth before, and I was nervous about that one. And it was my understanding at that time that complications are more likely with your first birth. And so, like I said, at that point, I, I thought that the hospital was, was the, the best route. Um, but... Yeah, I've changed my mind. I was I was wrong. We should have had that first one at the house. <laughs> Hindsight, though. Yeah. Right. We do the best we can with the information we have at the time, and then when we learn and we we gain more knowledge, we make different decisions or better decisions. But we can't fault our younger self for we didn't have that information at the time. So and we didn't have the experiences, and those experiences change us so much and change completely our thoughts and our trajectory sometimes. So um, after that, you know, um, several home births, all the rest we had at home. And, and I shared a little bit about what happened with our last birth. It was, it was, I mean, we have a beautiful, wonderful son um, as our youngest, and he's been such a blessing. But a lot happened after his birth and during the tail end of that pregnancy that honestly had those things happened really early on in our marriage, I think it would have caused such a strain that I honestly don't know if we would have made it. Um, because we had grown so much and being able to communicate well with each other and being able to um, give each other grace and, and um, walk with each other through some difficult times. So I feel like, um, that was hard. That was, that was stressful. And we're, we're just now got getting out of, um, repercussions and he turned four, um, and just getting out of all the damage that that did. And I'm not saying like emotional damage, although there was some of that. I was thinking the other day about, um, the pain that I was in after his birth and how I felt like I, that I was less if I expressed that pain. And I was just kind of grieving for myself for a little bit, just for that person. It's kind of looking at her in a different perspective as kind of being outside of it. That, why in the world did I get myself so twisted and thinking to think that I couldn't talk to you who had gone through all of this with me for so long and, and express and let you know 
the tremendous amount of pain I was in. I guess I should, for the listeners in case, I assume if you're listening to this that you've heard my um, my personal story shared on here several times. If you haven't, go back. Um, there's Madon's personal journey. I believe that's episode number six. And then there's uh, Madon's personal journey continued. And I can't remember the, the number of that episode um, at this moment. I uh, might be 11 or 12. Um, anyway, I had a pretty severe birth injury to myself after our youngest son. I uh, ripped my pubis symphysis, twisted my pelvis, um, cracked my coccyx, and had a uterine prolapse. And yeah, just a, just a lot. And, and because of that emotional trauma and this previous sexual trauma and all of that, I, I, I didn't tell, I didn't tell you about it for quite some time about all the pain I was in and, and what was going on with me. I, I apparently was pretty good at hiding it. (laughs) Um, I think it was three or four months later that I talked with you about it. And one thing that I remember is you weren't upset with me that I had kept this for so long. You were hurt and not hurting personally. You were hurt as a, a spouse hurts for their their partner who is hurting. So you were just, uh, I think, upset that I had been in so much pain and, and didn't share that burden with you so that you could help find me relief and, and figure it out together. And I don't, I don't know how, how you were feeling. I know I'm trying, I'm actually kind of putting words in your mouth, but. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, something like that happens. First thing I did once I found out was kind of little self-examination to see if it was something I did or said, or just kind of, you know, something that I might've done that, that made you think I was, not very approachable that I didn't want to hear about whatever might be bothering you. So yeah, I was, that's what I thought about that. Just wanting to see kind of what mistake or what I might've said or done that would have discouraged communication. Yeah. And I think you've always been really good at doing self-examination and trying to see, okay, is there, is there, do I have some responsibility in this? Is there something, you know, I should have done differently or changed. I think that maybe to somebody who isn't so great at self-examining like you, it would be very easy to kind of burden yourself with, maybe this is my fault. Maybe I did something that um, caused uh, her to feel like, she can't come to me and maybe our communication hasn't been great this whole time. Like I thought, and, and to easily go down that rabbit trail instead of addressing the issue, checking, did I do something? No. Okay. Let's see what we need to do to help her. And I, you did everything that I can think of to like, okay, what do we need to do? We need to go get you um, surgery, you know, physical therapy, we need to get you to the doctor. What do we need to do to help you get your pain medicine? And, um, and then as we moved on from that, I remember coming to you and saying, I think I need to go to therapy. Like, I think I've got, you know, all this stuff going on. And 
I remember feeling, I don't even know why, like I was, um, I was very nervous to bring that up to you at first to think like, hey, it's kind of a scary thing to go to your spouse and be like, I think I need therapy. I think I need mental help. I think I've got some issues that I need to get addressed. And um, I'm, I'm very thankful you responded in the way you did because when I came to you and I said, I think I need to go to therapy, you were like, okay, yeah, I think that's, that's a great idea. And you immediately were looking at who did you know, what resources did we have in our area who might be a good fit for me. Yeah, there's something I'd like to clarify on what I said. Um, the the purpose of of my self examination was to learn um, in case something like that happened again that I'd make sure to handle it better and not to assign blame. Um, there's something I I tell my kids all the time. And that is that we focus on the problem only long enough to come up with a solution. And then we focus on the solution. So that that's the perspective I had as I was looking back at that was just to, to learn what I could from it and then move on. It was never to beat myself up or assign blame. Yes, it was my fault because of this reason or no, it wasn't my fault. It was your fault because of that. But that was not anything as far as part of my mindset or, or thinking on that. Thanks for that. Well, and then we ended up not only going through lots of therapy, but then surgeries. Um, we had mental therapy, physical therapy, and then several different surgeries that was trying to recover from and heal. And then let's go let's go back before those even surgeries and go to the tick disease. Like we didn't even talk about that, but that kind of came out of nowhere for us and was so many hospital visits back and forth. And, and we got to a point where the doctors were basically telling you that I was a mental case. Um, is, is that pretty? <laughs> well, some of them did. Yeah. There's that, uh, one doctor in, in Abilene, uh, I think she was a neurologist that was like, oh, you have six kids? Oh, well, it's, it's mental issues then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was the one uh, male doctor in the Abilene ER that's, oh, she's on drugs. Yeah. Nobody. I'm a police officer. If she was on drugs, I would know it. There's, there's very obvious signs, and she does not have any of them. So I remember, you know, going through all that and, and, you know, they put me on lots of medicine many different times. I know I had to have some areas where I don't have some memories actually, because uh, they had put me on such high dose medicine when we had been in the hospital or the ER. But I think back on some of that and I remember having thoughts myself, am I going crazy? Like is what's happening I don't know like maybe maybe they're right maybe I'm having you know some type of mental breakdown and maybe I don't know how it could be causing allergic reactions but maybe this is what's happening and I remember having some of those thoughts and I'm curious as a as a partner did you ever think at some point in time Hey, maybe she is a little bit crazy. Maybe, maybe <laughs> this is mental. 
Um, no, I like to tease you from time to time that I think you're a little mental, but no, no, I never thought, oh, this is just stress overwhelming her and this is the physical manifestation of that. No, no, I, I never thought that, that, um, you know, seeing you day to day and all that, uh, I knew full well that this was not a stress related event. Mm. I appreciate that. Cause it, it is hard when you're in such a state where you're, you don't know what's wrong. You don't know what's going on, but you, yet you keep having these very real physical um, problems and um, emergencies mm -hmm. and causing us to, you know, be in and out of the hospital so much that it, it takes a toll, uh, I'm sure, on, there was a lot of stress on you during that time. Um, and there was a lot, of, a lot on both of us on trying to figure out what is this and trying to still function. Um, during that time while raising at the time five children and um i know when we got diagnosis that helped tremendously and even when we talked about going to see the doctor in north carolina you were like yep let's do it and, and that's i think i've i've said this to the listeners many times before like that's like you have been the the biggest supporter no matter what it is that um i have been going through or pursuing Either way, um, you've, you've just supported me like through all of it in a tremendous way. And it's been absolutely outstanding. Well, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you signed up for? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's a, just commitment in marriage then, I guess, yeah. is what you have to say. You take your role very seriously. I take most things seriously. <laughs> that's true. Um. Well, I was thinking about, you know, after this past couple of years, we've, we've had um, a lot of things that have happened and changed. Um, there's no more children in our future unless the Lord brings us a... No additional children. No additional. <laughs> I should say that correctly. Uh, we're not naturally going to have any more children. That's, that's not possible anymore. But... Um, I think all too soon we'll end up having grandchildren and who knows we might end up adopting at some point. I think time. we'll have them at just the right time. <laughs> so I was thinking about this past um, year or so. I, I know I shared on the, on the podcast on, on, on my journey continued and, and the healing that the Lord has brought on, on me um, in regards to the tick disease and in regards to, a lot of the the trauma and being able to put that aside and being able to just um, to completely heal from it. And there were some points though on that journey that were rough. That yeah, you agree? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were they were really rough. And I and I know because you're such a great supporter that you know you were just encouraging mostly but there are times like I, I think I said you know I, I yelled at you and I got so frustrated and 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 upset with how I was feeling and, and the thing and why I wasn't seeing healing yet and why why I was still dealing with all of this and trying to come out of it and you took that pretty graciously I'm just curious on how how that felt for you and I don't even remember what you're talking about. 
Oh, why does that not surprise me? Okay, well, that's nice. That's nice to know. So I'm, I'm just thinking, I know this is kind of different because looking at this partner's perspective and just trying to see like, you know, being there for each other, which we both know is the commitment we made mm -hmm. with each other when we got married. That's part of marriage. And when we say in sickness and in health, um, in those vows that we mean that, when you get married, you become one. You are one functioning team. And when one person's hurting, then the other person's hurting. Mm -hmm. And and when you know when one's doing well, the other one's doing well. Your joy is my joy, and your pain is my pain. Yeah. Um, each each sorrow is divided, and each joy is multiplied. Mm -hmm. We're there to be able to to support each other, mm -hmm. to be able to carry each other through times when we need to. And to, it's a back and forth all the time, but it's always us together and never us against each other. And that's so important. If you had to talk to anybody who maybe is at different points in their journey, especially where obviously we've been through a fair amount <laughs> and uh, we've had a lot of growing during that time and, um, you know, um, a lot of experiences that others have not had. And and I know there are, unfortunately, lots of women specifically who have had lots of different traumas happen throughout their lifetime. And they may be coming into a marriage with that already. Or could be things that have come out throughout the marriage. And, and that team aspect and that growing together um, is so important as... A partner, though, and your perspective on supporting your wife um, through those different issues that come up and the different trauma that may happen, whether it be birth trauma or some other type of, of trauma. Um, what's some things that you would say to that husband on how he can best help her? Well, um, I don't know that I can really give that advice um, because each person is so different. The way I support you might be totally ineffective for whatever listener might be, you know, trying to get some important advice. So um, just communicate with, uh, with your spouse. Um, she's going through something it's it's tough on her it's very likely much tougher on her than it is on you um and let's say seek the lord uh pray ask for his guidance talk with her ask her what she needs mm -hmm. very likely she'll tell you or if it's the the man that's having the issue because we're just as likely to have issues as anybody else then, then the lady needs to do those same things too. Seek the Lord's guidance and, and talk to your husband about uh, what he needs, the best way to, to help him through whatever the situation is. Well, I think just asking the question sometimes is so important. It's like, okay, what do you need? How can I help you? You know, yeah. um, in that sometimes though it's, it's hard because you don't know right. what you need. You don't, you don't, 
you've never experienced that before and, and you don't really know, you know, what would help in the situation. Um, so, and, and I know that can be challenging for both sides, but being open and listening and it's not about you, it's about the other person and trying to listen and not take offense to any of the things that they might be sharing with you about their, what they're struggling with at that time or as trying to process through whatever the trauma might be that they're trying to process through that it is a process. It does mm-hmm. take time that that healing is not generally immediate from it. It takes some time and probably, I love that you always look kind of for resources and I know you go straight to the Bible and to the Lord um, first off, but then look outside of that for resources too. And um, just like when I talked about going to, to therapy, you immediately knew um, or had a suggestion mm-hmm. um, for it. And that's because you also, because you have taken the time to get to know me well, to you know know me as an individual, as a person and... Sometimes you can see things that I can't see about myself, and that's helpful. That's a great spouse that can do that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, is there anything else that you might want to impart upon the listeners? I mean, most, most of our listeners, this is Healing Trauma Mamas, so our mamas out there who have, you know... Um, are listening to this because they're in a healing process and um, or looking for healing and working through something at this moment? Um, <clears throat> not based on you, but based on the work that I do um, as a police officer. Um, a lot of what I see as far as whether it's single women or married women or whatever that go through traumatic events they tend to blame themselves and see themselves as lesser after the fact. Um, I guess that's natural because so many uh, women tend to do that, but whatever you can do to fight that feeling um, because it's a lie. There's You're not lesser mm-hmm. based on what's happened to you. That's, that's just flat out a lie, um, so, so don't believe that. Yeah. To me, that's the biggest thing. If if they can just not believe that lie, I think everything else after that becomes easier. Yeah. Quickly get out of that too, because the longer you stay in it, it's, it becomes yeah. easier to continue to believe the lie. Yeah. And it's it's just not the truth. It's not your fault. It's not you know something to blame yourself about. Yeah, and you're not lesser because you went through it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Still a beautiful creation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that identity piece, understanding who you truly are and not believing the lies that you may have even been told by somebody, um, mm-hmm. That's it doesn't matter. That doesn't change reality and the fact that you are a beautiful creation who is deeply loved. 
Well, that'll be it for us today. I really appreciate you listening. Again, we will be taking a little bit of a break through April, and I hope to be coming back in May um, with some new interviews. If you um, would like to come on and share your healing journey on the podcast, um, please reach out. You can reach me on Instagram. I do answer the messages on Instagram at Healing Trauma Mamas. Um, we have a website at HealingTraumaMamas um, at gmail.com. And then we also have that Facebook group. Also, um, this is a podcast that is completely just run by me and um, backed uh, by our family. And if at any point in time that you feel like this has been a resource for you to share with others and you would like to give back to it. We do have um, a link on the Spotify app that you can um, give to the podcast and any proceeds will go directly into producing the podcast. So I want to thank you all for listening. Um, If you can, whatever platform you're listening on, please follow us and like us, subscribe, whatever it is that your platform has. I'm not just requesting that so that I can go look at how many likes and subscribes we have, but when you do so, it actually helps the algorithm of the platform that you're on so that the podcast can get in front of more faces and be recommended to more um, mamas like you out there. So again, I thank you for listening, and um, sweetie, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator, so be who He created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, Shalom.